This episode of Proper English is brought to you by countable and uncountable nouns, the difference between either and neither, and the idiom as thick as thieves. Hello, I'm Dave. And I'm Alison. And we'd like to welcome you to our podcast, which, as you know, is called Proper, Proper English. English. If you're learning English and you want to know when to use many and when to use much. If you get stuck describing a close friendship. If you are puzzled by how to pronounce E-I-T-H-E-R. Then proper English is just the thing for you. Before we get started, I'd just like to say ni men hao to all our Chinese listeners on Simalaya FM. I spent some time last week uploading all our previous episodes to Simalaya, and now I can confirm that you're up to date. Yay! Sie sie to everyone who's been listening. Over 1,400 downloads so far and climbing. <laughs> Not bad for the first week. And be sure to subscribe so that you can get a new episode every Tuesday. And also a reminder, if you find it a challenge to understand everything that we say on Proper English because sometimes we speak quite quickly, which makes it a little difficult to comprehend, you might find it helpful to listen to us on YouTube, because you can get subtitles so you can read as we speak. Modern technology, eh? Mm. OK, now that we're up to date with our housekeeping, it's time for us to get into this week's subject, countable and uncountable nouns. Listeners with long memories will remember that back in our very first episode, we talked about when to use fewer and when to use less. And, of course, countables and uncountables came up as part of that explanation. I remember that. That was a long time ago. It was. Anyway, using countable and uncountable nouns comes up a lot for many of our students on italki. Mm -hmm. So, to start with, perhaps we should define these words so everyone knows what we're talking about. OK. Nouns are words that represent things, places, concepts or people. House. Portugal. Philosophy. Alison. <laughs> These are all nouns. Well, that's kind of basic, I suppose, but it's good to start with the simple definitions, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So that's a noun, and a countable noun is something you can count. Equally simple. Oranges, trees, butterflies, birds are all countable nouns. Countables can either be singular or plural. An orange or some oranges, for instance. One tree or many trees. One butterfly on a flower. Or four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. <laughs> and it's worth pointing out that even for things like ants or birds, things that there may be a lot of ants in an anthill, for instance, or a murmuration of starlings, that's when starlings are getting ready to migrate and they flock together in huge groups and all fly and change direction together. Good word, by the way. Murmuration. Mm. Oh, yes. Thank you. Anyway, even when you're dealing with large numbers of things, they're still countable. Because, in theory, if you had the time... And the patience. ...to count all the ants in an anthill or the birds in a murmuration, you could. It doesn't stop them being countable just because there are so many of them you don't think you can be bothered. <laughs> And the final definition is for uncountable nouns. As you may have deduced, uncountables are nouns representing things that cannot be separated or counted. 
Concepts like fun, luck, advice or love are uncountable. And names for groups or collections of things like rubbish or traffic, equipment, furniture. Ways to describe kinds of weather. Thunder, lightning, rain or snow. Or indeed, weather itself. Mm. Oh, we had terrible weather this weekend. Oh, shocking. These are all examples of uncountable nouns. Now, it's worth bearing in mind that some nouns that are uncountable in English might be countable in your own language. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Furniture, for instance. In English, we would say, we're buying some new furniture for the living room. But in other languages, we would use a plural. Meuble in French or mouvage in Portuguese. Also worth talking about are nouns that always have plural form, like shorts, pyjamas, spectacles. You would always say something like, I bought two pairs of shorts for the summer. Mm. And you would never say, I bought two shorts. Oh, never. Not ever. These sort of nouns are kind of uncountable by default because they always come in pairs, you see. Plurali tantum is the Latin term for this sort of noun, meaning plural only, just so you know. I do now. Now it's time for What's the Difference? What's the difference? What's the difference between either and neither? My student Nudder in Thailand often asks me about these words. There's only one letter difference which can cause confusion, but they mean two different things. Either refers to one or the other of two things or situations, and is always positive. Mm -hmm. Whereas neither is not one or the other of two things or situations, and is always negative. Confused? A little bit. Well, let's think of some examples. There are four ways that you can use these words. As adjectives, for instance. Which of these two dresses would you like to wear to dinner tonight? I might ask. And you might reply... Either dress would be fine. Or perhaps... Neither dress suits me. I think I'd prefer to wear a nice skirt. You can also use them as pronouns. For instance, imagine... Mm -hmm. I'm trying on shoes in a shoe shop. Good place for it. Mm -hmm. And they look great. But neither of the shoes actually fit, which is a bit frustrating. We found two pairs that did fit, but you couldn't make up your mind which one you like best. I would be happy with either of the pairs, to be honest. The third way to use these words is as a conjunction. Anyway, we had a bit of a disagreement about the shoes and Dave walked off in a huff. <laughs> he neither called nor messaged me for ages. It's true. I got in a bit of a grump because I couldn't find a pair of shoes that I liked. And I guess I took it out on Ali. Wasn't her fault. Silly Dave. But... I couldn't find you in the shopping centre and my phone ran out of battery so I couldn't either call or message you. But I promise I won't get cross with you for something that isn't your fault in future. And neither will I. And that last example is used more commonly. You're more likely to say neither will I than I won't either. Oh. The second one isn't wrong. It's just that the first one is kind of more natural. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Mm. Also worth bearing in mind is the pronunciation of these words. In the States, it's more likely that people would say either and neither. Although, I pronounce them that way too. Obviously deeply influenced by a lifetime of American telly and Hollywood films. Whereas I would say either and neither. Like any other right-thinking British person. <laughs> 
you say either, and I say either. You say neither, and I say neither. Either. Either. Neither. Neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Back to countables and uncountables. When to use many and when to use much. This is one that comes up with our students time and time again. So, here goes. And hopefully this will be definitive. We use many with countable nouns. Many trees in a forest, many ants in an anthill, many birds in a flock. Or many starlings in a murmuration. Yeah, that too. And we use much with uncountable nouns. There was too much food on my plate. I couldn't possibly eat all of it, said no one ever. <laughs> or the windows in our house are a bit small, so we don't get much sunlight indoors. Hmm. Or how much time is there before Dave starts going on about fewer and less? Well... I'm glad you mentioned that, Ali. We talked about this, as you know, many moons ago. But it's something that bears repeating. Fewer means not as many. So I bet you can guess where I'm going here. Mm. Yes, that's right. You use fewer with countable nouns. And less means not as much. So you use less with uncountable nouns. So if I have fewer euros in my bank account than you do... I have less money than you. I'm pretty sure that would never happen, though. <laughs> You've always been better with money than me. And also, it's worth bearing in mind that the fewer and less rule has been broken in conversational English for many, many years. And just because the 10 items or less notice in a supermarket checkout queue always drives me mad because as far as I'm concerned, it should be 10 items or fewer because items are countable. It's been done like that for years. <laughs> you should chop at more upmarket supermarkets like Waitrose, for instance. They get it right. Well, I know, but I always spend a fortune in Waitrose. <laughs> As I said, you're better with money than I am. And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? Detective Inspector Davidson was a teeny bit jealous. After she and her cockney protégé, Sergeant Roberts, had cracked the case of the missing Magritte, she had suggested having a drink or two at their local pub, the Whistle and Truncheon, to celebrate. Davidson was hoping to get to know her sergeant a little better, but it didn't turn out like that at all. May I introduce you to my older brother, Big Bill? Pleased to meet you, Big Bill, I'm sure. A pleasure to make your acquaintance, ma'am. Always a pleasure to meet our Bob's colleagues and superiors. Which reminds me, did I tell you about the time my boss got himself stuck in the lavatory? And then this Big Bill character went on and on about his manager locking himself in the toilets one night and his brother was laughing and laughing but Detective Davidson couldn't really see the funny side of it. And then he told another boring story and Roberts chipped in with one of his own, this time about some cousin or other and they were clearly having a long and conspiratorial conversation about this cousin as if he might appear at any moment. And of course, the detective felt excluded because she didn't know this person. So, when Big Bill excused himself to go to the loo, Davidson turned to her sergeant and said, I thought we were going to have a quiet, celebratory drink together, but you and your brother have been as thick as thieves all night. Roberts was aghast. Are you accusing me, a officer of the Crown, and my brother, 
a clerk of the court across the road, have been part of the criminal fraternity? No, you idiot. I mean, idiot. I'm using an idiom that describes two or more people who clearly have a close, perhaps even conspiratorial friendship. And frankly, I feel somewhat left out. But considering the way you misunderstood me, perhaps I should have used the idiom as thick as two short planks, using the word thick to indicate stupidity. And with that, she turned on her heels, left the pub and went home. Oh, that's sad. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. As always, we hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation. And whether you're a new listener or a regular subscriber, why not get in touch with us? You can email us at properenglish... All one word. ...at sapo.pt or you can ask us questions on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if they're available in your country. And don't forget to tell everyone you know about us. Friends, family, anyone who's studying or learning English. And make sure you like this episode and leave us a nice review and subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. English.